This is Jim Fleming. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Stuart Heights or more about our class, or if you'd like to leave us some feedback, you can do so at teachings.jim314.com. Enjoy the lesson. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Jim. All right, if you've got your Bibles, let's open up to Colossians, and we will catch up to where we are. Uh, we're in week 12 today of what will probably be about 20, and uh, this is about as loud as I can get today, so I... I may or may not have attended a sporting event last night where I may or may not have voiced my opinion at times. So that's where we are. <clears throat> not at all, right? Amen. Jesus knows. There we go. All right, so Colossians 1. We'll start with verse 1 and get up to speed through about halfway through chapter 3, and then we'll look at uh, several verses in chapter 3 today. So those of you that are new to my class, uh, we place a huge focus on reading the Scripture uh, making sure that we understand where things are coming from in context uh, and that we're not just dropping in the middle of something. So we're also going to be in more verses today outside of Colossians than we have been. So make sure you're ready to flip around just a little bit as we go through. So Colossians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it is also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard it and knew the grace of God in truth, as you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under, under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship of God, from which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ 
in you the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the Spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of man, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. In Him you are also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the working of God, who raised Him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival of new moon or Sabbaths, of which are a shadow or things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up in his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men? These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh." If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Beware of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. And we come to today's text. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you've put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Jew, Greek, nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Amen? Amen. I hope you don't get tired of reading the Scripture. I hope you don't, because it is the most important thing that we do in Sunday school. It is significantly more important than anything I will say at this point. And if you decided to get up and leave right now, I would not be offended, because the most important thing has been done. I'd like you to stay. But the most important thing has been done. So... In your Bibles, let's look at Colossians 3, verses 8, 9, 10, and 11. But now, so right now, you yourselves. 
So I don't know if, if, if you guys have ever read the scripture and you're like, okay, he's talking to somebody, that's cool. Well, what I found a long time ago was that when I put my name in for the pronouns, it makes it a lot more personal. I mean, a lot more personal. Conviction happens much quicker that way sometimes. So, but now, Jim, put off all these, Jim. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Oh, he's talking to me. He's not just talking to a generic you that, well, anybody that would like to participate or opt in to this can opt in. No, 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 this is... This is us specifically as he talks to us. So we are to put off. This is an imperative. This is the way uh, you would just put away or cast something off. All these things. So let's walk through these words. Anger. So this is the, this is the short-term anger. This is the anger that, Albert, I cannot believe you sat on the front row, man. What's up with that? <sighs> this is the point you leave. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. I'm just glad the sound came out of my mouth. That was good. Um, this is this flare-up anger. This is the, um, the very, very quick. Um, my wife and I celebrated 15 years of marriage on Wednesday. Thank you, babe. And, and we went to, where did we go for dinner? Ichiban. What do they do at Ichiban when the dinner starts? That thing that scares the children, right? You know what I'm talking about? We, we actually couldn't go to Ichiban for like, what, two years, three years? Because Anna Grace would cry in the corner. Cause... Yeah, I wouldn't really cry. It was, more, it was more like a panic, we're under attack from like the Nazis or something. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. It was really bad. But this, this flash, and then what happens like after three seconds? You're gone, and you, wonder, you check your eyebrows, right? You're just like, yep, they're still there. It's good. But it's this flash of anger. It's very quick, and then it's gone. So I think what we'll see as we look at these words, in my mind, these kind of build on each other. So anger is this flash. Wrath, Wesley calls it lasting anger. This is sustained heat. Uh, a buddy of mine has a big green egg. You know what a big green egg is? It's just like a big green egg. Yeah. Uh, and you cook things inside of it, right? And I, I was looking online this week, and those things can cook up to 750 degrees, which is really hot. And they can do that for a long period of time. So this is this sustained, we are, we are not going anywhere. This is putting your hand on the grill at Ichiban while they're cooking. Not a good idea. It's not as flashy as the flash, but it is hot and it is there. So we've got the anger, which is the flash, the wrath, which is sustained heat, malice. So this is, um, this is like, I, I want bad for you and I'm thinking it. And you may or may not be able to see it. Sometimes we, we tell our malice to somebody else, like what I did with Albert sitting up front. I was like, can you believe what he did there? I mean, this is crazy. He's sitting on the front row. Like, who does he think he is sitting on the front row? Oh, I'll tell you what. So the malice is this, um, this, I want bad for somebody. And then you get the blasphemy. Now, and, now how many of you, somebody tell me what you think blasphemy means. There's a lot of good answers for this. I'm not, set, I'm not spitting you up. Speaking bad about God. Very good. That's one way to put it. Anybody else? The, the, speaking against something that's God's will. Attributing the Holy Spirit's works to Satan is a very bad one, yes. Um, and, and that kind of sums up a lot of the different things. So when you take what God is doing and you say, actually, that's Satan doing that. I saw about 10 sets of eyebrows go up. Yes, 
That's exactly right. And we usually, when we hear blasphemy, go, oh, 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 oh. You know, that's when you like seek shelter because the lightning bolt's coming down and it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right or healthy or natural when we hear blasphemy, specifically about God. But we can blaspheme against somebody too. And the, most of the commentators think that he's actually talking about somebody's fellow man because you, you can have a flash of anger toward a man and wrath toward a man and uh, malice toward a man and blasphemy for a man. And then you get, so blasphemy is almost like this slanderous language. So, so if I continue in this talk about Albert, sorry, you're going to be my example today, Albert. That's all right. It'll keep you awake, right? <laughs> so if I continue in this talk and, and denigrate Albert as a human being, this is this, this blasphemy. And then we get to filthy language. So what, is your, what does your translation have for filthy language? Anybody got a different copy? Obscene talk. Anybody else? Abusive speech. That's really good. Anybody else? Filthy language. Dirty language. Good. So this would be me. This would be me saying, I mean, can you believe what Albert said? He sat on the front row. You know what kind of a pagan sits on the front row? You know, I mean, he doesn't even love Jesus because he sits on the front row. I mean, this is, this is just, you know, I heard he cheats on his taxes. Only people that cheat on their taxes sit on the front row. I mean, this is, we're just, we're going to places and you go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. How, how are we connecting these dots? This doesn't, this is not consistent, right? This is not. And then words that I can't say, right? Y- y'all were wondering if I, I'm not going to go there in Sunday school. Come on. Come on. No. You got to come to fight night for that. No. Um, <clears throat> so where is this filthy language coming where is this filthy language coming? What's the next phrase? Out of your mouth, right? So this is not, so, so we have gone from flashing anger, sustained anger. I'm thinking about it. It is coming out of my mouth. So this is something that is, is actively sinning from the mouth. Now, what does the Bible say about the stuff that comes out of our mouths? It's really from our hearts. So let's go to look at two verses here, Matthew 12, 34 and Matthew 15, 18. Matthew 12, 34, Matthew 15, 18. So I don't want you to take my word for it. And this is one, these continue to be, um, so over 30 years ago, I professed my faith in Jesus Christ. And these two verses continue to be a rebuke to me almost every single day from a reminder that I am broken and sinful. Uh, so what's Matthew I actually don't have them in my notes. Matthew 12, 34. What you got, Darla? You brood of vipers. You what? You brood of vipers. You brood of vipers. <laughs> and who's speaking here? Jesus. Jesus is speaking, yes. I love, some of his insults are really kind of cool. I mean, they're really legitimately good, so sorry. How can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's on the inside is going to come out. So then we got Matthew 15, what? 18. So like two pages rustling and what you got? Matthew 15, 18. You got it? But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. Those defile the man. The things that come out of the mouth come from where? So how many of the things that come out of the mouth? Really? Not all, just like the bad days, right? You know, it's like all, yeah. And, and it's, it's telling for what that looks like. It's telling for what that looks like. So 
This is a heart issue that manifests itself coming out of the mouth. So verse 9, do not. So we've got our second imperative. So the first imperative was the put off in verse 8. So we're casting these things off. Verse 9 is do not lie. Now, who's the daddy of all lies? Satan. So here's Matthew Henry's quote. Lying makes us like the devil. That's pretty blunt, isn't it? Let's help our children with that one. Oh, you shouldn't lie. Don't do that. No, you're a little devil. (laughs) Do you want to be like Satan? Then lie. For the little ones and for us big ones, if we want to be like Satan, then we lie. You want to be more like Satan, then you accuse the brethren. I guess like the ultimate be like Satan would be accuse the brethren of lying when you know they're not. It feels, or lie about accusing the brethren. That would probably be even worse, right? You're kind of combining both his chief attributes there. So lying makes us like the devil. It's very straightforward. So lie not to who? To one another. And who's the one in others? It's the family. This is the family of God. So this letter is written to the church at Colossae. This letter is for believers, do not lie to one another. Since you have what? Since you've put off, we have divested. This is actually a different word than the put off earlier. Uh, This is laid aside like old clothes. Laid aside like old clothes. Now, how many of you still have clothes that you wore like in college? How many of you will not throw clothes away? You're like, we will... All right, I knew we'd have one. We got two, three. Anybody else? Anybody else? So why will you not throw clothes away? Because hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. If if he can still wear them, then he doesn't have to buy new clothes. I want to say challenge so bad to that. If if you think they're cool, that's what's important. All right, all right. So. Um, so, Jolie, does this ever bother you that he's got stuff that's that old? Yeah? Okay. That's all I'm going to poke at that. I just want you to see Rob her head nodding up and down, okay? There we go. That's as far as the marital counseling I go. So, the blank is laid aside like old clothes. Laid aside like old clothes. Because generally, there will come a point either when it doesn't fit anymore or when it's just got holes in it, Right? And, and there's just not that much left to it. So, yes. If it's got holes below the knees, cut them at the knees. you got shorts now. That's right. <laughs> Wear them in the leg. That is one approach, yes. <clears throat> I will agree. That is one approach. Um, so I have some shirts in my... So I have a dresser at home, right? And uh, top drawer is socks, and second drawer is, like, stuff that y'all don't see, and third drawer is T-shirts, and shorts and pants, and then the bottom drawer has stuff that I will probably never wear again. It's old clothes. Julie, Julie's like, yeah, you do every once in a while. Like, yeah, but not outside, right? There's a reason, yes. <laughs> the, most of that reason is that when I graduated from college, I was six foot two and a half, 155. I'm not that today. Um, but there are sentimental things uh, for me. Shirts that I wore, things that I participated in, that I want to I keep those memories. But I have still put off those clothes. And I put them somewhere else. Some of these are really, like, like these were life-changing events to me that I participated in. But, and I don't want to forget those. But at the same time, they don't fit. So I don't wear them. I put these things off. 
So lie not one to another, since you have put off who? The old man. So who is the old man? So think, think the whole history of time. Who is the old man? Like the original old man. Like what, yes, Adam is the original old man. He's the original first man. So your blank is Adam. The old man is a look back at Adam and the first man with his deeds. So God put Adam where? In a garden. And he gave him a test. Did he pass the test or did he fail the test? He fails the test in the garden, right? And then we get to fail along with him because apparently that's the way God grades. So this, this impedes all of our relationships with God. So we have put off this old man. So that you're kind of going, well, well, what do I have left if I've put off this old man? We have something a lot better. With his deeds, and we have put on, and this, this is this, in the sense of sinking into a garment, in the sense of sinking into a garment. So here's my question. There's a lot of clothes talking today. Do you have a favorite shirt or pair of pants or whatever that when you put them on, you're like, okay, yep, I'm comfortable now. Yep. It's all good, yep. right? Yep. This is that word. This is that word for your favorite. It fits. It's right. You may or may not look good. You don't really care because, Rob, it's all about how you think you feel, right? Okay. So this is everything is working. You've put on the what? The new man. The, a, new, a different translation for new is youthful, fresh, regenerate, or young. Yes. That's awesome. This new man is a look at who? Jesus and the second Adam, right. So God puts Jesus in a garden and gives him a test in the garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, and what does he do? He passes the test, right? He passes the test. He doesn't say, I don't want to go do this. He says, I will go through and fulfill your will and do exactly what you've called me to do here. You have put on the new man who is, being, who is renewed. Uh, the word here is renovated. The word here is renovated. So I want to talk about this putting off and putting on. So we've put on the new man. So uh, those of you that, did not, that were not here on Wednesday night at church missed one of the most amazing thoughts that I have ever heard in my entire life, and it came out of Terry Brown's mouth. We ha- I'm waving my finger because he does this sometimes. Yes. Um, we, we had a panel discussion. So we just concluded this series on Wednesday nights, uh, walking through the book of Philippians. Uh, Terry had two weeks, Brian Smith had a week, Brandenburg had a week, I had a week, and then we had a panel discussion where all four of us are up on stage answering questions from the audience. I was like, I'm going to defer to these guys, uh, about what we talked. And it was, it, I, I had a lot of fun. And Terry, somehow, he always gets off on these theologies, and I'm like, how did, I didn't know that existed, for one. I didn't know it had a name. He knows its name. He knows how to spell it. He's probably written a paper about it. It's unbelievable. So he's talking about how Jesus Christ was holding all things together. He said, and we get sometimes how he does that as a grown man, but in utero, Jesus Christ was holding all things in the universe together. He he was sitting right here. Where do you come up with that? I mean, so I'm just absolutely amazing. So think about the incarnation. Think about... Jesus Christ is in heaven with what I believe to be a physical body that he had for his uh, eternity past, and I think he will have that for eternity future. He was always the son. I think that when Jesus came into the world and that incarnation began, when there was one cell on earth that was Jesus Christ, he was holding the universe together, which is really kind of cool, right? 
And at that moment, what was beginning to happen to Jesus Christ's flesh? It was, it was growing, it was forming, it was developing. He was growing into the physical body. This is what's happening here. We are being renewed. We are being renovated. We are growing into a better body. And he describes our body as all these works, these actions, these things are going on. So we were talking about Jesus as one cell holding all things in the universe together. He's growing. He's developing. That body died. That body is resurrected. What kind of resurrected body was that? It's a glorified body, right? But it still has the wounds. Jesus Christ is going to have the only body in heaven with scars, with wounds in it. And, and that'll be amazing. It'll be absolutely amazing to see love. To see love will be beautiful. But we will get a new body one day too. This body that is being renewed is not the one we will have to live with forever. And everybody said, Amen. Yes. I'm so excited. Because I know my new body, my back will not hurt all the time. And that will be awesome. It will be awesome. Amy? Yeah. I, I want to get Pentecostal right now just because that's so awesome, right? I don't know how, though, so it's okay. <laughs> it sounds fun, right? I don't know. <laughs> Take a lap. Oh, I ain't running now. Y'all crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm too, uh, way too many years of independent Baptist here, sorry. All right, so this, this new man is being renovated. It's being renovated. Uh, in what? Renovated in what? In knowledge. So where do we get that knowledge? From the Bible, yeah. We have the scriptures. We have the Holy Spirit helping us interpret the scriptures. It is a beautiful thing. According to the image of him. Who, whose image? Jesus' image. So we're not just being renovated into something we don't like. We're being renovated into the greatest thing in the universe. It's beautiful. How can you go wrong when the plan is to look like Jesus? And the person doing the renovating is who? Jesus. <laughs> the builder and the creator and the designer of the universe is working on us to make us look like himself. I think he's up for the job. We are in good hands. Forget Allstate. I don't, if any of you work for Allstate, I apologize. But forget Allstate. We're in far better hands with Jesus. So we'll be okay there. According to the image of him who created him, that, that first H is capitalized. The second H is lowercase. The first H is Jesus. The second H is Adam. See, Jesus created a good, perfect man back in Genesis chapter 1. And that perfect man decided to rebel. And he's created men since then. And we've decided to rebel. But there's coming a day. There's coming a day. Here's a beautiful quote by Stedman. Paul's saying that we are to continually remember who we are now, who we once were but no longer are, and who we will be when Christ returns. That is the true basis for, Christian, for living a Christian life. Scripture calls it walking with the Lord. I like that figure because a walk, of course, merely consists of two simple steps repeated over and over again. It is not a complicated thing. In the same way, the Christian life is a matter of taking two steps, one step after another. Then you're beginning to walk. Those two steps, Paul describes them as put off the old man and put on the new, and then repeat them. That's pretty basic. One of the things that I love about the gospel is the simplicity of the gospel and the simplicity of conveying the gospel 
to the, another person or another generation. That is all. We keep doing this every single day. Verse 11, where, so this is in Christ, there is neither, there does not exist, Greek nor Jew. So we're going to talk about some distinctions that are completely done away with here. So if you're not Greek, if you're not Jew in Jesus, that means race distinctions have disappeared. Race distinctions have disappeared. The next one is circumcised nor uncircumcised. So religious background distinctions disappear. And I'm glad. Barbarian. The Greek word is barbar. The Greeks made fun of other people that didn't sound like them. That's never happened before. And they created a word for this. And they said bar, 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 because that's what these uh, barbarians sounded like to them. This was anybody who didn't speak Greek. Barbarian. So this is speech distinctions disappear. They're literally just making fun of their accents. Scythians. These are savages. Um, Barclay says that Josephus called these guys just a little bit short of being wild beasts. So this is cultural distinctions appear. So they didn't drink their wine with their pinky finger up. It's not the way that worked. Slave nor free. So class distinctions disappear. And, and I personally think this is most vividly seen in the people that Jesus actually picked to be his disciples. A broad range of idiots just like us that followed and said, I will follow after Jesus, literally. Like, I will get up, stop doing what I'm doing, and walk after this rabbi that has asked me to follow him. Unbelievable, all the distinctions and, dis- and uh, variety in them. And then we end with this beautiful phrase, but Christ is all and in all. He is the whole sphere of human life and permeates all its development. So how do we know that we are thinking according to the old man? We see these distinctions. We see these distinctions. When we see these distinctions, distinctions of race, religious background, speech, culture, and class, and the new man way of living sees none of this. The new man way of living sees Jesus because Christ is all and in all. Because it does not matter what you look like. It does not matter where you came from. It does not matter how you sound. It does not matter where you used to go to church. It matters that Jesus is over us all. He is our unity. And when we start making divisions inside of that, we no longer reflect his unity. So Robertson's word pictures got a beautiful uh, quote here. Christ has obliterated the words barbarian, master, slave, and all of them have been substituted with the word brother. I like that one. And I've got two really long, uh, I've got a Stedman quote and a Johnson quote. That's part of your homework to go look those up. So you say, Jim, what's the point? All right, number one, application. Christianity comes with commands to follow. Yes, we live under grace, but yes, there are still things to do. One of my favorite quotes, uh, studying the book of Philippians, Martin Luther's comment on it. He said, uh, God doesn't need our good works, but your neighbor does. That's a good one, isn't it? That's really good. I liked it a lot. There are commands to follow. So what do I do with that? Well, put off the old man and put on the new man. Every step, put off, put on, put off, put on, put off, put on. So what's the point number two? Distinctions divide and Christ unites. So when we see things that cause divisions inside the body of Christ that are not centered around truth. So when we, when we say the Bible is true and somebody has a problem with that, that is a good division to have. Because this is how wheat is separated from chaff. However, when there's something other than what the Scripture plainly teaches that is divided, this is a problem because Jesus is all about uniting people. So what do I do with that? Well, look at Jesus and not at distinctions. Look at Jesus and not at distinctions.
I love getting to end with Jesus. Guess who we're going to start with next week? That's right. <laughs> this has been more fun for me, just getting to teach about Jesus for like months, because it's fantastic. It keeps getting better. I'd have to teach about him on my, on my toes, leaning forward. It's good stuff. All right, cool. So at your tables, in the middle of the table, is a piece of paper that says weekly update at the top. So what we do is we put our prayer request in on this. We have a closed Facebook group that nobody else can see into. So if you want to share your prayer requests, we will post those there, and we'll be praying for those this week. Uh, and if you're interested in being a member of our class or finding out more, you can shoot me an email. My contact information is at the bottom of that page. Uh, and we would love to have you participate in prayer as a group before you go. So write down your prayer requests. Make sure everybody's name is there for attendance purposes. Pray as a group, and then you are dismissed. Thanks for coming to Sunday School today, guys.